Okay, ready? Okay, okay. Oh, you guys are where to go? Okay, well, hello, hello. I said, you'll fall. No, no, just talk quick. This is, oh, I have to be quick, he said. This is your Lord Tommen. King Tommen. Mostly known as the best friend of Sir Pounce Tommen. Sir Pounce, say hello. <laughs> he said, he said to something. And we're kind of somewhat friendly with the bad man, and he asked me to come on. What is it again? Shots? Shots. Tie shots, he said. Make sure you buy some tie shots. Things commoners wear to clothe themselves are not made of silk. What are they made of, bad man? Try blend. What is it? What is go? Oh, just go. Okay, so this is sleepingpodcast.com shirts. Buy a shirt for the pod man. Only a few days left, and then he will. Is that it? Then we put you on a pike. And Sir Pounce, do you want to say anything? Buy a shirt, he said. I think he said. What did you say, Sir Pounce? Rye shirts, he said. Rye shirts, pod man, not tie shirts. So, rye shirts. Good day from me and my best friend, Sir Pounce. Rye shirts. Hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing? You having trouble getting to sleep, trouble falling asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. We're going to do the rest. And what's the rest, you might ask? Well, it's pretty simple. I'm going to try to distract you from whatever's running through your brain, racing through your brain. Whatever's got you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, has got you up at night tossing and turning. I might tell a story and try to distract you from that. My theory, my working theory, based on, not on education, just say, gee, I heard this, is that you can't think of two things at once. Or you totally, well, here, let me give you an example. But well, let me give you a theory, then an example. Uh, my theory is that you can't think about two things at once. Yeah, but my example kind of disproves that, so probably not the best. But, you know, I'm going to try to do, 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 you know, I'll tell a story you can focus on instead of thinking about whatever's running through your brain. Try to distract you from all those voices that are piping up now that you're in bed trying to get some sleep. But my story's going to be lulling, soothing and full of asides and pointless meanders. So, you know, you say, well, this guy, uh, you know, and then you say, well, I'm asleep. Or if you say, well, I don't mind you stopping listening. I don't mind you, you know, drifting off. That's fine. That's why I'm here. I'm your bore friend, your bore bro, your bore cuz, your bore sib, uh, your bore bud. And, you know, I want to help you fall asleep. My example is I have to do with sleep. And uh, I said, gee, maybe this is a sleeper summer project. I used to run a lot. Uh, the past few months, I've let my anxiety about the podcast block my running. Uh, so maybe I need to get over that for sleeper summer. But I hate running. I'll tell you, I hate it. But it's like a really easy, my body likes it. And I get a running high for a little while afterwards. But other than that, I loathe running. Everything about it is, like, geez, it's such a pain in the ass. And it hurts. I mean, not physically, you know, it hurts on some level. Constantly want to stay. I say, why the hell am I doing this? I'm breathing. I'm sweating. 
It's going to take for freaking ever. I say, just turn back. You know, Nana starts talking. But I know it's good for me. And I know, I said, Jesus, is something I can do. And my, my, I think my body really likes it. Maybe some other part of me likes it too. But ever since I found pot, so, but, so those are the things that go through my head. If I was running, uh, even listening to music, I'd be like, God, is this it? Man, is that my foot? Is there a rock in my shoe? Do these shoes even fit me? Why don't I turn back? I think there's, is my heart beating correctly or incorrectly? I think there might be a pigeon in my lungs. I'm not sure about that. They said, Jesus, something flowing. Why is it? Or then I say, well, this sucks. Or then I started thinking about, you know, stuff in my head, like just like you're trying to sleep. And I found that if I listen to a podcast, my favorite running podcast is Script Notes, not having to do with running, having to do with screenwriting and things interesting to people interested in screenwriting or screenwriters Something by John and Craig. I've talked about it before. And uh, otherwise, I'll listen to a podcast about podcasting. Can't really heartily recommend all one of those because you guys, you know, if you want to start podcasts, I'll tell you. But Craig and John, you could listen to, you know, if you, if you like story or you just like, like similar to Dan's podcast. I like how John and Craig interact and I enjoy listening to them way more than the thoughts in my head when I'm running. So the the hell of running, I'm distracted from that. By, there's usually two tracks going, John and Craig. That's my primary track, and I'm listening to them. And then I'm thinking, I say, geez, well, that's interesting that what Craig said. Or that's too bad someone got mad at Craig. He's just being honest. Or, oh, John's so nice. Or, wow, I didn't even think about it that way, the way John said that. Or, whoa, that's, that's you know, scary how hard it is. You know, just great stuff. And then I probably have another track, fantasy track of impressing John and Craig. And then a Nana track of being shamed by John and Craig. And then I have something, you know, non, nothing to do with John and Craig track about, you know, either sex or worrying about something, or saying, well, she's what's going to go on back at work when I get done with this run. But, so, but since I have John and Craig as my primary track, my, oh, God, I hate running track. When the hell can I stop running track? Uh, I'm distracted from that. And I say, well, geez, and, and I'm looking, I look forward to it. I look forward to listening to that podcast. So I say, geez, I mean, lately I've been slacking. I've let my anxiety or neurosis get the best of me. I mean, I still listen to the podcast. I just don't go running. So I'll get on that running thing. You guys could call me out on it. Accountability. What do they call those? Accountability friends. But so that's what the podcast does for me. And that's why I hope this podcast is a little bit more distracting in the sense I'm not conveying important information like John and Craig are. That's actually useful. I'm, I'm doing... Uh, just the distracting part with just enough entertainment. You can't fall asleep. You'll be like, yeah, this ain't bad. Better than thinking about running or better than, you know, worrying about bills or relationships or the future or stuff you did in the past. I don't know. That's just an example. I'm not, you know, say, geez, but, um, so that's what the podcast is here for. I want to create a safe place where you can set aside everything running through your brain. You just listen to me drone on and on. Uh, fall asleep when you want. 
If this is your first time here, try it out a couple times. This podcast is definitely doesn't work for everybody. But I can tell you, with all honesty, you, you know, I get a lot of feedback. I get a lot of honest reviews on iTunes. If it does work for you, it, it tends to really work well. And maybe just because I say, geez, I, I can't, you know, I've been talking about what goes on in my brain. It goes on at night. I know what it's like to be up. I know what it's like to be like, people say, what the hell do you mean you can't fall asleep? Just, you know. So that's what I'm here for. I, I, I'm glad you're here, and I hope I help you fall asleep. Okay, how, uh, housekeeping. We're on web com. You can comment on the website if you need to get a hold of us. You can email us, feedback at com. You can get us on Twitter and Facebook, at Dearest Scooter on Twitter, sleepwithmepodcast.com on Facebook. We post all the bloopers there. And sleep-related articles, stuff like that. Those are good places. We also have a Facebook community, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash nods. That way you don't got to remember any. Like, it's like 86715-890 group. But that's like a semi-private group where you guys can do more sharing and caring. And I want to thank our uh, moderators, Alexandra and Laura, over there. We still got shirts for sale. Uh, if you if you have a chance, um, you can help us out big time by buying a shirt. Sleepmovepodcast.com slash shirts. Scotty and Jennifer are helping us out on the artwork. Not only for the shirts, but the whole podcast. We just put up uh, for a week only. So this is July 6th. The shirts will be done. Uh, I think I can extend it two days, but I don't know. Hopefully we'll hit our goals. But we have a couple white uh, men's and women's, uh, what are those things called, uh, without any tank tops. I forgot what a tank top was called there for a second. And a couple white T-shirts, a couple hooded sweatshirts. Uh, these were requests. I requested the hooded. So I said, why, don't, why didn't I put a sweatshirt up there? I love sweatshirts. And I'm in need of one. So a, sweatshirt, a couple of hooded sweatshirts in dark colors. And then a couple of kids' shirts in dark colors. So men's and women's white tees and tank tops if you want a white shirt or a white tank top. A couple of kids' shirts and a couple of sweatshirts. And if you can purchase any of those or you know, any of the other fine shirts we have, be great. Enough about shirts already, though. Uh, we got a Goodreads group, so it's my podcast.com slash Goodreads. We got a newsletter, sleepingpodcast.com slash newsletter. Uh, we got a phone number that I got to pause and look up. Well, maybe I won't pause it. Maybe I can do it without looking, pausing. But I'd love to hear about your sleeper summer projects. Let me know what, what you got going for the sleeper summer so I can share it on the show. Or how, you know, how someone encouraged you. But you say, geez, what are you excited about? It's uh, 3184-SLEEPY is the phone number. Three one eight four seven five three three seven nine, and I'll tell you what: the first person that leaves a message that I can use on the show, uh, you know, that just doesn't say "Scooter, you." Uh, well, I probably would use first person that leaves it leaves a message. I, I'll uh, I give you a nice big discount on a shirt. So leave a message, and then email me. You know. All right, how's that for a deal? Because I said, geez, I don't have a think I have a message yet. If I do, I'm not getting them. 
So this will be a good way to find out or, you know, get you guys mad. Because, hey, we, we left 500 messages. Uh, what else? I want to thank Chris Post, who posts him from Sounds Like an Earful podcast that does our music. And then I want to thank Dan from Save It For The Show podcast. That's a comedy podcast, not safe for work. But he helped me out with the shirts, too. Real nice guy. And I should, you think you should check out his podcast if you're into comedy podcasts. Two best friends. Dan and Eddie, check it out. Save it for the show. I want to thank the Silvertone hashtag and the actual Silvertone. Aaron Radio, Aaron and Iante for contributing to this night's show, tonight's show. If you want to contribute for, for a show ideas, call that number or uh, uh, hashtag the Silvertone. Pound, pound is what hashtag is. I said, when the hell did they change? I thought it was pound until like 2006 or 7 or 8 or 9. I said, what the hell? But I guess it was a hash mark. Why isn't it a hash mark? Well, I guess it's maybe just a hash. I don't know. I think I heard it on NPR once they were talking about it. I don't know. But anyway, it's beyond me. Uh, let's get through these thank yous, though, this week. How about that? Uh, Anya, I want to thank you for your email. Trish, Brandon, thank you for your emails. Corey and David leaving comments on the website. Thank you so much. Corey Cakes and David T. David Takes. Uh, uh, David's name reminds me of the computer. I don't think I ever owned a computer after David's name because I had a Texas Instruments TI-994A instead. And I still dream of playing the game Parsec on there. If anybody knows of a TI-994A like thing where you can play it in modern day. And you have Parsec. You can find me Parsec. Don't overheat the ship, you know. There's a space game. Side scroller. Probably it was an endless runner, but, you know, but, but pioneering and they say, well, no, it was a copy. Anyway, thanks for nothing. Uh, Twitter, over on Twitter, I want to thank Valerie Jensen, Kate with her new job, Kiwi Star. Thank you, buddy. Mandex. Mandex. I said, uh, Mandex. The first time I said it sounded like uh, in, uh, Index, Windex, and Mindex. Uh, Babs, Geeky Girl, Julie C. Swarup, Libby. Over on Facebook, Julie C. was talking about uh, her Spanish pickup moves. So I said, geez, I need some English pickup. Maybe they'd be better in at Spanish. I tried to say, hey, I got a Spanish language. You know, learning to say, no, no, say, what do you do for a living? That's usually the second question I get asked. And they said, oh, boy, you're not. They say, you have the eccentricities of a tech billionaire. And, you know, the style of a tech billionaire without the billions. And I say, yes, but, but if I could communicate my endlessly entertaining wit. Oh, wait, you already walked away before I got to my wit part. Anyway, so this is Julie C's pickup moves. Long time listener Juan Tread, who lives in Rochester now, I think, was talking about listening to Dr. Domeno in Syracuse. So that was a beautiful moment we shared on Facebook there. Uh, you know, because Dr. Demento, we owe this podcast to Dr. Demento. I'm not kidding. 
And Richard VG said, hey, are you a beehole borer? Borer, I think. Like, if I'm everyone's boyfriend, does that make me a borer? Borer. And I said, he is a punny, you know, Richard VG. Or, I mean, that's funny. And then I said, you know, I'm going to start a borer warer up in this, you know, Sure, sure, on the shore. And then I want to thank Bonnie for her, her Facebook message. And I'm sure I'm missing people, but... Oh, we have reviews. Let's check that. Okay, podcast reviews. I want to thank uh, the Argel from the UK. It's somewhat a busy, stressful job. My uh, droning support... I always forget a spot. Soporific? Voice, uh, it's a godsend. You hear that, gods? Old and new. Uh, I know he won't be offended when I say it. Hits, he hits a lot, a level of monotony. That's perfect to drift off to. Thank you. Let's see who else. We got Cupcake Slayer. Please don't kill all the cupcakes. Please don't kill them all. Because how could I thank you, the Cupcake Slayer, if you killed them all? Uh, stumbled across this podcast by chance. It's helped them sleep. Soothing voice, constant pitch, constant talking about anything and everything is perfect. So please don't kill any cupcakes. Please don't kill any at all. Please, Cupcake Slayer. But you might be better off killing them than eating them all. There's a little health message in there. Uh, Lestig, I think I thanked Lestig, but I'm thanking you again. Uh, I think I said, Lestig, thank you for your review. All right, so that's it. I want to get on the show. Thank you all for your support. All right, hey, it's a trending Twitter Tuesday. It's Monday. And I hopped on Twitter, I hopped on the Silver the Silvertone. I also searched Silvertone, but there was way too much Silvertone. So we got what's trending on Twitter, what's on the Silvertone hashtag from listeners. It's, 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 it's been an interesting week for someone that's not, they say I'm fearless, I'm kind of informed. I, last night I saw the musical Fiddler on the Roof. I thought, and even the, the the director, as she announced, you know, they, they what they, you know they do before the thing, the, the other things, the theaters, the same theater I saw. What did I see there? The woman with the Mary Poppins, uh, you know, she she mentioned, and it was just interesting. It's just a wonderful music, a wonderful, wonderful casting. But also, especially the first uh, quarter of the musical. Well, no, I guess mo- most of the music. I guess I'm wrong. It, it just it was like, geez, what a time to see Fiddler on the Roof. It is about uh, the role of marriage, the role of tradition, tradition. Uh, the role, you know, role of uh, how women are treated. In society, uh, you know, the role of who gets to marry who or whom, who, who gets to marry whom. And, uh, you know, the role of uh, 
people uh, discriminated against in, in many different ways in this play, you know, ultimately, well, I don't want to spoil the musical, but it doesn't end on a high note, I'll, I'll tell you that. And But this week ended on a, a high note for a lot of people where gratefully it was the past year being, you know, not the best for good news. Uh, I said, geez, let, let's uh, expand our country a little bit, open our arms, as we like to say on this podcast. So I just thought it was a great time to see that musical. I don't know, all those are wonderful topics for for a podcast, you know, with someone informed on the news or, you know, like I said, I I do more open-ended metaphors here, which I'm pretty sure is outside the podcast. They don't exist, so... You see, how are you going to talk about pride or marriage equality or women's equality or discrimination or outsiders versus, you know, uh, religious or cultural intolerance and, uh, you know, history? history. I said, well, geez, I'm not. And then I said, well, geez, I wish I had someone. I mean, I wish I could have got someone from that musical. I mean, clearly, in that musical, is, is my brother, he hadn't seen it ever. I mean, I never saw the I mean, a musical on Broadway, or only the movie. But I said, geez, you got it. But, you know, but this guy, he was great. He was great. And, uh, you know, I did develop a tiny crush, but not a super crush on one of the one of the daughters. So, and I said, there was some other great casting yeah, he said, well, you can't really do Fiddler on the Roof. I don't have the pipes or the breath internally, you know, musically, or I don't know. But I said, geez, it'd be nice. And then I said, well, geez, what about what about the uh, the chorus? And I said, what about the back, back, back chorus or, the you know, the... The chorus members that play, because I said I caught, the, I said a couple of the chorus members. And he said, "Jesus, maybe I could." And I said, "So I met, I met someone." So I was thinking, I get it. I said, "Well, maybe wait around after the show." And I said, "Would you that be interesting?" I said, "Too bad I don't get this silver tone with me, because he probably knows how to talk to singers and musicians." But I think the silver tones got a new. I think like I don't know how many people remember where. In the world is Carmen San Diego, or I mean Matt Lauer. Where I don't know if they had the same song for Matt Lauer, but I know for a couple of years they did that on the Today Show. Because I remember maybe ten years ago, someone said, "Hey, you have the same haircut as Matt Lauer," and I got I said, "Well, geez, that hurt." And they they, they said, "Where well, I was complimenting you." And I said, "That that hurts even worse." And no offense to Matt Lauer, ten years ago. Or I guess to myself, I said, Geez, but um, but the Silvertone, he's playing where was his place? I can't remember if he was in St. Louis in a museum or in a Beatles song. It was like he was surrounded by or a green screen. I said, is that a green screen? Or is the Silvertone descended into some sort of surrealistic painting? And I said, Jesus, St. Louis, if that's not a green screen, I got to get myself to St. Louis. And I have a St. Louis story, but it's not 
Well, maybe this guy. No. Wait a second. That's strange. Uh, because as I, right now, uh, I'm telling this, but it was like it was, I was thinking, this was what was going through my head as I was waiting for the chorus member. Because every once in a while I see a chorus member, and you say, geez, I feel like that's my, like I saw a few people, like I said, well, I identify who I'm going to be obsessed with. I said, geez, that's the love of my life, that cast member. Uh, usually the leads, like Mary Poppins, I was in love with her. But otherwise, I'm like, okay, good, great, this show, great leads, great casting. And you start to think about who you'd like to hang out with. And then you say, that looks like my cousin. Or then I said, there was one cast member about my age. I said, he's some familiar about that guy. I couldn't tell. Again, I said, is that a Cossack or a Cossack? Or some sort of something to do with the imperialists, the bad guys. And then one of the imperialists, uh, I don't know, the soldiers, somebody else said, well, geez, I think it's the other term. And I said, oh, geez, I'm, just, I'm looking like a fool here. But the imperialists, I think, is a, he, he got to marry. Anyway, not important who I had a crush on. I said, well like to take out that Cossack or whatever he is. But so this other guy said, that's not my cousin. I said, where? And I said to myself, okay, so I don't have the silver tone with me, so I can't, I don't know how I'm going to talk to someone after the show from the chorus, uh, be honest with them and not creep them out and say, geez, would you like to come on my, I said, I'm looking for a music. But this guy came out, he said, uh, they say, hey, do, do I do I know you? Not in a not in an intimate way. I mean, and he he kind of looked at me, and I said, did you go to school in the Bronx, Bronx, New York, right by New York, New York? So nice, they named it twice. You know, home of the cottage at Allan Poe, uh, home of the Bronx Zoo, home of the Bronx Bombers, home of the New York Botanical Gardens, home of a portion of my heart and home of a huge portion of my uh, ever-yearning nostalgia to return to something I cannot return to, my youth. I mean, I just say, well, you still got some youth, but uh, I say some wonderful times in uh, in the Bronx, one of my favorite places in the world. The sounds, the smells, the people, the sounds, oh, my goodness, the nights. Uh, it was at one point I lived in an apartment on the 13th floor looking out over the Bronx. And I could just sit at the window and listen and stare at the city and imagine for hours. And, uh, and he said, he said, are you talking to me? Oh, I said, I said, well, I'm sorry. I said, hey, what you do? Did, and he goes, yeah, I did it. He goes, we went to school together. I said hi to you at the intermission. And I said, yeah, I don't speak to Cossacks or imperialists or whatever you you know, he sends that poor guy to Siberia, and he said, I'm in the chorus. I was also a member of his family. I said, wow. 
said, there's some hypocrisy in that. And he said, it's two different people. And I said, oh, oh, okay, sorry, I have trouble, you know, with my separating imagination. You know, I need compartmentalizing. But when I'm at a you know, musical, sometimes I decompartmentalize and I freely project my fears and passions on people. It never works out so hot. I said, I said, yeah, I said, but now that we're out of the show, I said, how are you doing? I said, I can't remember your name. I'm sorry. And he said, he said, he said, call me Marley. And I said, like the dog or Bob Marley? And he, you know, and he said, uh, I said, like, because I know this dog Marley that has crazy adventures. Uh, cutest dog in the world reminds me of my dog Patty. My dog Patty was half, uh, was uh, two kinds of Labrador Retriever and a, whatever, a Golden Lab or Yellow, whatever the lab that's like, yeah, that was my dog Patty. Patty passed away the same day as my grandmother. And the guy said, well, I got to go. And I said, well, I said, listen, I I got the Silvertone play in Carmen San Diego. And I, I have a, you know, I said, I said wasn't, that, that, wasn't that a wonderful musical? And he said, yeah, I was in it. He said, two performances today. I, mean, I said, well, great. Why don't you come with me? We'll record a podcast. And he said, I'm too tired. And I said, well, what about tomorrow? He said, tomorrow's my only day his day off to work my day job and go by. And I said, I got a day job, too. How about that? We're like two peas in a pod. And he, I said, I, we're, we're like two two best friends that haven't been friends yet. Like, remember, I don't know if you, you, you know, Silvertone, I was just talking about the Silvertone, Marley. And he said, thanks for calling me Marley. And I said, no problem. I might slip a bob in there every once in a while. But anyway, Marley, or Patty, and my next time I call you Patty the dog. You think in a dog having Patty can hear me when I mention her name with that, you know, that tone you say when you say the name of a dog that's gone on? Because she skipped the farm. She didn't even get to go live at the farm. It was just a guy home from my grandma's funeral. And she was in the corner facing She hadn't been well. I, I didn't live in, in Syracuse anymore. I was just visiting for the funeral. But she was standing facing the corner, and it was my mom's mom, Mary, Grandma Mary. We just called her Grandma, though. Hi, Grandma. I don't know if you're... Can, Grandma, can you hear me when I say your name? What about... Are you guys in the same... Wait, uh, do I believe in heaven? What about you, Marley? What's your stance on heaven? And they said, like I said, I got to go. I said, okay, well, let's pick up this conversation tomorrow when I record the podcast. And I said, because we'll be what it'll be like. You'll be you'll be Kenny. I'll be Kenny Elliott. Boom bone. Kenny Elliott, a.k.a. the boom bone. Uh, hanging with Stevie Wonder. You know, kicking back. I said, actually, believe it or not, I just bought some Fela's shorts. And I think... uh if I'm remembering it correctly, it was like, uh, oh, Stevie Wonder's so cool. Kenny Elliott's possibly cooler, but in a different way. Like, he doesn't even need to be called Boom Bone, but hopefully he'll say, hey, I like the sound of that Boom Bone. And I said, yeah, exactly, Kenny, so you can say your name and drum at the same time. 
I think I said it to him. Psychic. He said, well, then I'll, they couldn't hear my name. Boom, bone. And I said, well, boom, bone. Boom, bone. Boom, boom. I said, what if you do it like that, Kenny? Boom, bone. Boom, boom, boom. And he, 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 he said, uh, he said, you remind me of one part of Stevie Wonder. And I said, which part? And then he, oh, wait, no, I, he didn't answer me because I sent him a psychic message. But anyway, Marley, I'll pick you up tomorrow. Where do you live, Marley? Because is it in the interlude? Okay, how about this, Marley? You could you could come do part half the podcast, and I'll tell about the trip we made to St. Louis together. Because now I'm remembering our trip to St. Louis. Or I no, I could just do. Oh boy, I don't know. You want me to tell us the trip to St. Louis, but it won't have any fantasy asides. Well, this uh. Say, geez, I wonder if I, and that with that, he was gone. Marley was gone from my life. But I can still tell a story, but I'll just use his name so he won't sue me with his real name. But my tale of a trip to St. Louis with Marley starts way back. Well, I guess the fact that I had a family with six kids. We didn't take any plane trips because obviously you could, to take six kids on a plane would cost an unbelievable amount of money anywhere and be a nightmare. And on top of it, you know, I know I was a pretty rotten kid. I don't know, I can't speak for my siblings. So we would go on our trips in our station wagon, you know, somewhere you could get get to within, you know, one or two nervous breakdowns of one per parent. When you know, I used to fantasize about traveling you know, seeing when I said, geez, I don't even want to see the world. I just like to get on one of those airplanes. Seems pretty sweet. People talk about it. You know, every once in a while at school, I'd lie. And, uh, you know, but, but this isn't about the lies I told during show and tell about trips to Disney World or Disneyland or airplanes or rocket ships where people either, you know, called me out or humored me. And now who's laughing? You know, now I do it, you know, publicly. This is kind of like the show-and-tell podcast. It's just more of the tell-and-tell and tell and tell some more and then say, well, geez, go on in the side and then tell a little bit more. But, you know, my parents did their best to make sure we went on some trips. Some, we had some great trips. But again, I said, geez, one, you know, you, I don't know if it was like Thomas Mann or Thomas Merton or Thomas Hardy or Tom Hardy that said, you know, a boy wants to run away something and then return to change. You know, so maybe, maybe Prometheus said that once. But I said, well, geez, I, uh, where there's a will, well, there's a way. Normally I have no will and no way. But when I get obsessed with something, especially so, I said, well, I'm going to figure out a way to travel. And then freshman year of high school, I had no interest in business. I think I've told this story, but I'll tell it briefly. But I remember I was sitting with my friend Ron. We were in study hall in the library. He was always most likely to succeed, you know, constantly winning that award. Even when they wasn't up for it, they'd be like, they'd be giving it to him because he was smart, tall, well-dressed, you know, very sound of mind and body. But he, uh, 
He was in the Future Business Leaders of America, this club at our high school. And I said, geez, I don't have, I said, geez, I don't have any interest in the future, you know, except for, you know, imaginary future or, you know, future stuff. And business, I don't know. Leaders, no. America, may, you know, I live here. So usually he'd talk about it, I'd kind of tune it out. I'd say, it's great for, you know, you're going to be successful. Me, you know, it's kind of, but then he said, uh, he said, well, I'm at Michigan Study Hall. And I said, why? He said, well, I'm going on a trip with the future business leaders of America. And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, what trip where? And I think he said, like, Buffalo or Albany, New York, Rochester. And I said, wait a second, like, staying in a hotel trip? And he said, yeah, he said, you know, just uh, we're going to go to a conference and do some conference. And I tuned him out. I said, okay. I said, run, run me away. And then he got back. He told me about the trip. And again, I just, I said, wait a second. So you went on a trip. And I said, I, I forgot even, I said, I think there were some seniors and juniors that went on a trip. They drove. And one or two teachers went. They stayed at a hotel. I was like, wait a second, a hotel? You got to be kidding me. And I said, who pays for the hotel? He said, the school does. Or the, I said, whoa, 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 wait, wait. And I said, holy crap. So I couldn't get it out of my mind. I said, man. And then right around the same time, I was obsessed with Disney World, which is in Florida, which I was like, I, you know, I had already resigned myself to never going there. You know, because it was just too, too, you know, too many kids and stuff. And then what triggered my session was, and this is something only people my you know that lived in the eighties is it's children or whatever. Uh, this ki- these two kids from my school were on Double Dare. Uh, John and a kid that after he was on Double Dare, he like they I don't know what happened to him. I think he honestly might have been lost in like one of the green slime pits or something. And I forget John's last name. Or a really nice guy. He went to my middle school and my high school for a while. I don't think he stayed there the whole time. Probably, you know, who's the double dare guy? I'll think of it. But anyway, he probably said, hey, come on. You know, we're covering up their crime. But anyway, they won double dare. Not only did they go on it, but they won Double Dare, which is all cool. And, and then, you know, they made them school celebrities, clearly, deservedly so. And like I said, the other kid vanished, but John was there. But he didn't, you know, he was just a nice guy. But he, he uh, they won a trip to Disney World when they were opening some new theme park, the MGM Studios. Uh, and I said, man. So then for some reason after that, I couldn't, and I said, oh, clearly I'm not getting on Double Dare. Because while well, I have friends, you know, none of them would choose to go on Double Dare with me. They would say, hey, we wouldn't mind you having you in the audience to cheer us on like a maniac. And so, and they said, you know, obviously, I wasn't a go-getter, so I wasn't about to say, you know, how the hell do you get on this show? And with that Nana voice, even at that age, saying, Nana, you think I could be on Double Dare? Oh, no, 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 not you. No Double Dare for you. Double don't. Double, don't do anything. And I say, yeah, Nana. Okay, I mean, actually, that's good, Nana. That's a nice bite-sized thing to repeat in my brain for the rest of my life. And it worked. Double, don't. 
She said, that's the game show for you. Double don't. You'll be playing. I said, you got it, Nana. Beyond repeat, double, another repeated double don't. Ladies and gentlemen, our next contestant is uh, dear Scooter. Scooter, sit down and tell us what you've been up to since your last appearance on Double Don't. <sighs> uh, well, thanks, Hank. I haven't been up to anything because, uh, you know, don't I don't I don't do anything. I said, you know, I, I mean, I do stuff, but but then I you know minimize that. So probably I do. But then I say, well, double don't that, you know, minima down. Duh. All right, Scooter, that's enough from you. For our first competition, we have here, you know, so thanks, Nana. Uh, but something about the uh, double dare uh, future business leaders of America in obsession with Disney World, obsession with being on a plane. Uh, you know, short-circuited with something in my brain where I'd be said, Nana, I'm going to double do. And again, I talk about like my all or nothing. Uh, so instead of saying, well, geez, let me, I said, uh, okay. And somehow I got, got my buddy around and I realized at some point in this story, I don't know where this took place, but I realized that the, uh, National Future Business Leader Convention High School Club uh, Leaders of America was going to take place in uh, Orlando, Florida that summer. And this was the early fall, beginning of the school year. Maybe I was a sophomore, not a freshman. I don't know. I think it, no, I was a freshman. I think. I'm pretty sure. So maybe Ron had been in this club since uh, uh, since he was a uh, in middle school. I don't know. But I said, well, geez, I, you know, I better... I better join this club if I'm going to be going to their national convention. And I said, you guys going to that? And he said, probably not. And I said, well, we'll see about that, Nana. And uh, so then I joined Future Business Leaders of America. And I said, you know, oh, boy, business, business is my game. And, and at this time, Andy was my name, not Scooter or Drew. Andy's my name, business is my game, boys. So, you know, I walked in there, and I said, the teacher, whole millions of stories, unfortunately, involving this teacher. Uh, poor guy. Cross paths with me. He would seem like a really good guy. But that would be fate. Would be, you know, trouble wouldn't start for a couple of years where I'd ruin his career. Uh, but anyway, um, this was, so these were happier times for him. He might not, he not, probably didn't know that I was going to be a pox on his existence. And so I said, yo, teach, uh, yo, profe, I'm here to, uh, you know, do some business. I'm in the business of doing business. As a matter of fact, my f uh, favorite movie, uh, truly and honestly at the time, probably was Brewster's Millions, even though it's probably pretty old at that point. And I say, you're profe, man. Hey, you know, what do you need? You know, what kind of business we doing here? You know, side business, future business, right? I'm, you know, leading it up. I say, I got a line of people outside in the hall. I just told them to wait for me. You know, I was leading them. And I said, what do you need me to do? Where do I sign? He said, just sign this sign-in sheet and sit down, please, for our meeting. Uh, and at the time, this was a pretty, pretty big club. Uh, I remember there was seniors. Juniors, men and women, 
or I guess boys and girls, technically. No, I don't know if anyone was 18. And I said, they had all sorts of different stuff. You know, they said they needed a reporter. And I said, oh, boy, you know, they call me Scoop, you know, Scoop, Biz Scooter, Scooper in the business world, the leader of Future Bit. And they, and they said, we need a reporter for this upcoming convention or meet. I think they competed, I think. Uh, like I said, I was only interested in manipulating this club. And I said, they were going to peak skill or peak or maybe some city in New York, like on the way from from upstate to New York City, but you meant Peak Skill or Poughkeepsie, probably. I did not even mean that alliteration. It was some P city. Uh, so one of those P cities, not not urine pee, like Peak Skill or Poughkeepsie. Not Potsdam though, probably not Potsdam. But I think it was one of those. So I say, you know, and they said, we need, actually, I think I had to report on the the school competition to see who was going to, you know, compete at this thing, maybe. And I think I wrote, like, a fictional, like, exciting tale of it. And then the the teacher, Mr. B, will call him. He said, this is, he goes, have you read a newspaper? He was so nice. He said, I said, tell me more. And he said, let me write this down. And he said, no, no, no. He said, this is a a story. I need a news report. And he actually explained to me, which probably explained in every, and I was a freshman in high school. You know, he said, uh, you know, who, what, where, when, how. And then he told me how, you know, each paragraph is, in, you know, this is, some people only read the first paragraph. So he said, nail it there. Who, what, when, where, how. Then some details. And they said, she said, that was good information. I've carried it forward in my life, and I don't think I've ever used it. Because I said, well, that's not my skill set. Because I get to, I said, well, what if the man was a wizard and not a high school deb- debate student? You know, when they I said, because well, he just won the, the debate because no one else showed up. Wouldn't it be better if there was a, something nefarious to it teach? And he said, I prefer when you call me your profe. And they said, done. Um, so we had, so at some point we headed to Peak Skill, Poughkeepsie. And I remember riding in a car with these seniors or juniors, nice guys, not the coolest guys in the school, but way cooler than me. And I think they were friends with my, my cousin. She was in high school above me, so they were, were real nice to me. I think because they didn't want, you know, and a couple of women on a trip were friends with my cousin. So I kind of felt pretty good. And then we started gambling. Now, I think, you know, the school didn't pay for your food. And my parents said, they probably give me whatever you give a kid. We left on a Friday probably and we're coming back on a Saturday or Sunday. So they gave me like a set amount of money for food. Let's just say $40. I don't know. And this was before ATM card. No, maybe not. It's, uh, and, I, you know, I didn't have any credit card or anything like that. I was freshman. And, again, like, I mean, right now I have a maturity maybe of a freshman. I'm not exaggerating. So when I was a freshman in high school, you're dealing with someone on fourth grade level. I'm not I'm not, not even being joking. Like, uh, obviously, I mean, if you're listening to this so far, you're like, yeah. 
This is a funny story, Scooters, but no, this is a true story, you know, recalled to the best of my ability. Uh, but so we head to Poughkeepsie or Peekskill. Peekskill? I don't know. I think Poughkeepsie's bigger, so possibly Poughkeepsie people. Probably. Uh, but we had there. At some point, the gambling starts, and we were playing three-card poker. And, you know, my dyslexia, again, so all I know is, like, uh, it's like an ante. Let's say it's 25 cents. It's probably only 10 cents. And you either, you ante, which is, like, you, you put that money in, and then you either fold or you stay in. And so you have only three cards. That's all you get. And then... uh you know, we were playing with a lot of people, like all the kid, kids on the trip. You know, the teacher went out to get high or drunk or hit on some, you know, men or women, I don't know. Like, hang with other teachers, so it left us alone. And we were all, you know, degree, at least the seniors, if they were going to do anything crazy, they were waiting until, this was daytime, I remember being in the hotel room. And the thrill of the hotel room, now the thrill of gambling with older kids. What got to my head, and this is so three card poker. You're either in or you're out, and uh, if you stay in, you just have to match the pot. So let's see, there's ten people. There's ten cents. That's a dollar, right? And so then, if three people stay in, um, so maybe we're only playing five cents even, and like one person would win that dollar, and the other two would have to match the pot. That the person won, so then be like, oh, a dollar, and then you still have to ante again. So at some point, uh, the pot got pretty big, like a, a equivalent of all my money, and I lost because I thought a straight beat a flush or a flush street. Or sh- I think I thought a straight beat beat it a flush, but a flush beats a straight, which still doesn't make sense to me. And on top of that, I wanted to my friend I lost. I think I lost two big pots in a row. You know, I got the gambling fever. One to this kid I didn't know or like. And then the rest of my friend, Ron. And it was terribly embarrassing. I think I might even cry, to be honest with you, after I lost, because I lost all my money. I said, well, she's not going to eat on this trip. And uh, to, to my friend, Ron, and he bought a watch in front of me with my money. I mean, he won some other kids' money, too. Maybe the other kid bought the watch, but I never forgave you to one of the, I mean, I guess I forgave Ron. A painful memory for my own, but I learned. I said, well, I never got addicted to gambling. I got, you know, other stuff. But it was incredibly humiliating and painful. And then Nana's voice, I mean, totally, I'm not even making this. I said, I told you so. Gambling, you know, double don't. Don't double down. Double don't. What were you thinking? You deserve not to eat. And they said, you're right, Nana. And I said, this human, and I remember being at the, uh, I can't believe this guy, Ron. I actually haven't processed this before. What a jerk. So the trouble I caused him later is fine by me now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but he was just a kid. He didn't know any better, actually. And he, you know, I, I should be take personal responsibility. So I shouldn't be saying that. I, take it, I don't take back the resentment towards him. But I take back the public shaming. 
No, no, I don't. Because, he, you know, I didn't say his last name, so it's healthy for me, maybe. But I remember being at the drive-thru on the way home, and I had no money, and I had to beg it from the seniors. They were the ones who gave me the money to eat some McDonald's. So that really kind of irritates me, I think, about it. But whatever, it was just a kid. And believe me. So then we would get back from that trip. I kind of soured on future business leaders of America as far as, like, if there was even an inkling of me interested in business, future, or leadership, it was crushed on that trip. I felt I did fall in love with a woman who I hadn't talked to, or a girl. She was older than me from another school because they had a karaoke contest, and she did it to uh, some song. And I said, that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. And I can still picture it in my mind. So I guess I should have talked to her. I mean, I was like literally, I think I weighed 45 pounds at that time, freshman year of high school. And I was a late bloomer, so I was probably four foot, um, nah, maybe, yeah, maybe four foot 11. So not exactly, and then I probably had elastic waistband pants, probably those suede, brown suede shoes, no money, just cried in front of a bunch of other males earlier, too, so, you know, pre-emasculated. But I can hear you saying, Scooter, Scooter, what about St. Louis, what about Marley, what about Orlando? Well, let me tell you this, what I did not sour on was exploiting this Future Business Leaders Club for a trip to... uh Orlando, Florida, with the school paying for a large portion of it. and I, But I don't think I ever participated in anything other than harassing the teacher and planning. I said, I'll plan this trip, you know, from the ground up. You know, I want to make sure I'll be the uh, logistics guy for the future business. I said, man, Ron, you are the future of this school, the future of business. You know, who better to represent us, most likely the person to succeed, right? They said, you should be there at this conference. So people say, oh, boy. And I think I told, I said, teach, man, can you imagine you're down there in Florida with the most likely to succeed person from our school, Ron? You know, maybe, it's, you know, you get to go to Florida, man. You look like you could use a break. I know be good to be. I don't know what they pay you here. It's nothing. I guarantee that. And I say, you don't have any kids. You know, you're not married. What better way to go with, like, a, a successful kid, me, and then maybe, you know, whoever else. You know, I said, this is, and then I found another, I think she was a senior, and she was into it, and she was pretty uh, driven, to go to Florida. So at some point we went to Florida in the summer. Ron, the teacher, Mr. B, myself, and this young woman whose name, I want to say she was an older sister of somebody I know, but I'm not positive about Yeah, she was the older sister of uh, someone who, who I still see from time to time, I think. But anyway, not important. So we went to Florida. Maybe another day I'll tell you about that. But I can tell you one thing of that Florida uh, was like, I remember my buddy Ante telling me that it was like the happiest moment uh, of her life because, you know, her name's Ante. It's like uh, like I-A-N, 
T-H-E. And so she has suffers from, uh, what is that, souvenir shop exclusion syndrome, S-E-S-E-S. Oh, no, double S-E-S, even worse. But she said finally she went to the shop and she saw this giant Coke sign and it really touched her heart to see her name. Uh, and I said, hey, you, you want some poison in your name, you know, plus caffeine, sugar rush. And she said, finally. And I can remember me and Ron because we weren't, we weren't hadn't confused being cool with uh, alcohol and substance abuse yet. It was, it was just about to, but in this trip I hadn't yet. And so I remember us being in the lobby of this hotel and ordering two Cokes. And I never, I'm not, to this day, served in a glass. It was a Marriott, Marriott World Center, I think it was called. It was a big, big freaking hotel, beautiful. But I remember drinking that Coke. It was one of the most tastiest Cokes I've ever had in my life. Sweet, it's a taste of freedom in exploitation of schools. Uh, but later in life, it would come to, well, it wasn't really my undoing, but then I got to college, university. And for a while, I said, I said, well, I've been on a plane now. It's still pretty sweet, but, you know, uh, uh, I'd forgotten, you know, that I love to exploit things to go on free trips. I, I, I like free, And then my, my two of my roommates... Uh, they came back from, they went, out, I said, where are you guys going? And they said, we're going on a trip to like someplace pretty cool, like Chicago, I think. Well, no, wait, no, it wasn't Chicago. It was some sweet city. And I said, whoa, boy, like not Boston, because I went with them to Boston. But some sweet city. Like I said, man, I've always wanted to go. Uh, but it was like Denver. I'll say, man, I always wanted to go to Denver. So they said, well, yeah, and they said, yes, for Model United Nations. And then that same, you know, it was the same thing went haywire in my brain. And I told, you know, I guess like you're supposed to, what is it? They say, well, you cross a road. You know, you're supposed to make a better decision and the second time. So oh. they said, so who pays for these trips? And they said, the school does. And I said, you're kidding me, right? And they said, no. And they said, when does it mean? And they said, I said, can I join? And, and they said, yes. Yeah. I said, can I go on a trip? They said, probably. A lot of times no one wants to go. And I said, man, this sounds awesome. Uh, free Return to free trips. So I signed up for the United Nations. Now, a couple things that should have, warning bells should have gone off. One was they had a dominant, my friends were, were in, in the thing. And then there was another guy who I kind of knew. I think he was roommates with somebody else. His name was Jay. He was a pretty intense personality. And then the, there was a woman and a man who ran the club, like the president and the, or they were working their way up, and, and I said, geez, I should have gotten to know them better. I didn't, but this guy, Jay, say we're kind of friends, or I'd say we were friendly, not friends. But at some point, um, there was a, I think this was freshman year again, and at some point a trip came up to Boston. Again, it was when we went with seniors, 
and a school paid for the gas in the hotels. And I think the other two guys were from Boston. They were real nice guys. And I think we went to some of the conference stuff. Now, this amount of behind the nation stuff was way beyond my intelligence. Now, my two roommates, I mean, one of them now has, he uh, sets up elections in these war-torn countries. So obviously it paid off for him. And his, bro- his twin brother, he, uh, I think he, for a while he did something similar with democracy and United, you know, NGO, helping the world type stuff. But, you know, don't don't confuse me with, I said, I was there for, I said, you get free soda. We get to fly. I still was like obsessed with flying. I said, we get to fly an airplane with full cans of soda. Do you guys go on the airlines with where they give you a full can? Yeah, they said, I think. So we drove to Boston. We stayed in a hotel in Boston. That was pretty sweet, but no plane, you know. And I said, I got a general gist of the modernization. But again, I'm an introvert, so I'm not suited for these clubs, social clubs. You know, obviously that's like, I said, so I said, hey, guys, let's just go, you know, see the city. You know, why are we standing here with all this, you know, 70 to 1, 70% female to male ratio of people that want to talk and share? And I said, uh. Let's run away from this, you know, where I feel safer, like wandering the streets of the city where I can create a safe narrative in my own mind. And, and, and then I'll, you know, make jokes for you guys. I remember it was a, after Ice Storm because we went to a movie, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in the theater. And I don't say that about a lot of movies. I can't even remember the name of it, but uh, if I think of it, I'll let you know. But don't worry, I don't even think... And he, it was terrible. But uh, I remember after the movie, I broke a piece of ice over one of my friend's heads, like one a big one. I pretended I was a giant, but I misestimated how thick the ice was, and he almost got knocked out, and he was very mad. And I said, you mad at giants no more, no fair. And he said, you know, he kept screaming. It. And I said, oh, it really hurt, uh, tough, uh, you know, I, Tried to diffuse humor-related injury with humor. It did not work. But it, so then the next trip came up to St. Louis. So when I I raised my hand, I thought my roommates would go, but they were, I think they didn't get over that, or the fact that I made them skip most of the model United Nations stuff. Because I was like, I don't understand this. It's boring. What country are I don't know what country that is. I never heard of it. So I kind of ruined it. So they said, well, but I had already said I would go. So, and I said, well, how bad could it be? I get to go to St. Louis on an airplane uh, and not pay for it. And so, but I'll tell you how bad it could go. So, uh, you know, you share rooms and beds. So it was four dudes to a room. The other dudes that went on the trip was a guy, Jay, who I said, well, we're kind of friendly, but not a lot in common, you know. And then two other guys. Now, this was before David Cross made it cool. But this one guy was a never-nude. My first encounter with a never-nude, which I'll explain for those of you who haven't seen Arrested Development or had an encounter with a never-nude, and I realize it's a, 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 
but, but they, I had offsetting things to, to squash any compassion I had for him. And then the other guy that went, he was real quiet. He spoke Klingon, and he was quiet. Those are the only two things I remember. But he didn't want, like, it's hard for me sometimes for people to understand I'm not making fun of them. Like, I'm just so nutty. I said, geez, let's, you know, I wanted to use this Klingon for humor purposes, but not for making for humiliation purposes. But that's a very fine line. Like, he was fluent in Klingon. And, uh, but, but it was a fine line, you know, that he that I couldn't communicate. So he just said, no. And I said, can you just tell me how to say this in Klingon? And then he would say, you're the worst Klingon student, student I've ever. And then I said, well, geez, tell me about this Klingon tutoring. I wish I knew who, what his name was. I could get him on the podcast. It would be awesome. But, so he, but he, he was quiet. And, you know, obviously for a, per, a person fluent in Klingon, you know, you know, he, he, was, he wanted to stay away from me. He said, you know, the, but the, the never-nude guy, he was also a lunatic. He would see, he wrote like a, he would write a op-ed, not an op-ed piece by the paper, but he would send one in the school paper every week going on tirades that were offensive and extremely divisive, his viewpoints about uh, the school and policies and Anything but the opposite of openness. I almost say, because as I've said before, when you get to the extreme ends of the political spectrum, you know, it starts to wrap back around. When you're on that far end, it doesn't matter if you're on the left or the right side. When you stop, uh, I don't know. And I know there's like, you can be extreme, but not all the way out there and say, well, I'm fighting for people's, you know, and I get that. But this guy, he was far gone from that, from since... From any sensibility or even saying, no, I'm fighting, I believe I'm fighting for what's right. He just felt like he was acting out, uh, out of hurt, hurt and pain probably, obviously for a never nude. Now I think I can be more compassionate. But I remember when I first encountered his never, now I'm the opposite. Like uh, even at the time, I guess I didn't worry. I have many intimacy and uh, whatever issues, but for me, I'm comfortable being without my shirt and in my boxers. As long as I say, Jesus, you, you take the comfort, I'll take the sheet. You know, I don't mind sharing a bed with you. Say, you know, you know, let's keep the skin and skin contact, you know, to a minimum, if if not at all. But, you know, we're splitting blankets. I, that's fine. And I probably spent a lot of time in my boxers just because, I don't know, I'd say, so maybe I, but I, anyway, but I remember... You know, if there's four guys in a room, you're going to bump up against. But this guy, so at some point we had to change at the same time, and he took his pants off, and he had sweatpants on. And we'd been gone, and we'd been at this conference the whole day. And I said, I didn't say anything. But I believe me, I locked on him after that. It was like the Klingon thing. But I said, well, geez, I can't even ask him about this. But then I observed the rest of the trip that he never, he always had two layers of clothing on against his skin. Now, maybe he has some skin issue and I'm just imagining, but I didn't even know it was a thing till the rest of them. And I said, oh, yeah. 
I remember sharing a room with that never nude. That was a never nude. Because he was never nude. I, I, get, I get sidetracked there with a the never nude. And I would get sidetracked with him because I said, well, maybe this guy needs a little bit. And I remember encouraging him, trying to talk. Because even then, I found people, I'm afraid of people. And I don't know how to deal with them and uh, how to interact. But I also find, you know, stuff like never knew, like a person that wears clothes under their clothes. Or someone that's fluent in Klingon. Incredibly interesting. But I don't know. I, I, I guess I get too, then I get too crazy. So that guy, he was also, like I said, politically intense. So I remember trying to probe him for non-political questions and see. And he also, I think he went to high school with one of my roommates. And he said, oh, boy. And that roommate was on the other end of the political spectrum, I think. So it was like, uh, he's like, watch out for that guy. Uh, but but I was unsuccessful. And I should have known this type of political firebrand uh, would come would come, you know, would, would cause me problems. And I probably, I think I handled myself on that trip pretty well. But maybe I didn't, you know, or maybe he said, well, he knows I'm a never nude. Or maybe he asked too many, one too many Klingon questions. And, it, and I guess this was, a, this is like a coping strategy I have always at parties and as an adult. I'm a Klingon, I cling, I'm, a, I'm a Klingon, I guess, in that ca- in that sense, ironically enough. Like, if I can find someone to that I can communicate with effectively at an adult function, I'll just cling on them. You'll drop, drop the old Klingon. And then, you know, in some sense, they say they, they're trying to get the hell out of here, but I got it. I said, well, gee, or maybe they need me as much as I need them, and then they try to bail. And I said, just like the Klingon, when I clinged on the Klingon guy, you know, it's it's like a, recently I bought a Bluetooth speaker for the shower, a cheap one, five bucks, or maybe it was eight bucks. And I say, talk about, at least in my experience, one of the great, what do you call it when you scam? It's not quite a scam, like something milder than a scam, but suction cups at least in my experience, are one of the great American, and I don't know, international listeners, let me know. One of the great, uh, what's that called? And it's a fraud and scammer, a little too harsh. But they're really, they've never lived up to their promise. Now, I know you can get those, like, suction cups where you can create an actual vacuum seal, like the that human Spider-Man or whatever the hell, I think he uses those. And I know it's dent remover, but but this so this comes with just a basic suction cup. You put stick it on there, and I said to myself, uh, "That's not going to hold." And I said, "Okay, remember that because you don't put it." I said, "It's it's battery powered speaker, so it probably won't." But I said, "Not when my daughter's in the tub, you know. Don't put it where it can fall in." And then this great uh, water savings experiment I've been testing ineffectively of flushing the toilet with a bucket occasionally. I, I said, "Well, let me put it in there for when I take a shower when I don't have my daughter." And then it fell. Luckily, it missed the bucket that I had in the tub. You know, that was full of water at the time. 
So that did not cling on. And in my experience, very little. It's almost like whoever, I'd like to meet the suction cup, Mr. Suction, or whoever the hell he is. Because it's like, uh, especially for people like us, uh, insomniacs, warriors, thinkers, uh, hypervigilers. It's like if somebody would just say, geez, when's that going to speak in the fall? Nana, you know, Nana, that's good. That's good. Why, why'd you put this? Why, why would you leave the speaker up? Just hang it up when you're in the shower. Why do you have to do that such a thing? It's just convenient, Nana. Then, I, you know, because otherwise I'm not going to remember. Then I'm not going to. Well, why would you buy a, a speaker for your shower? Who who does? I, I know, Nana. I know. Believe me, Nana. How are you going to sleep with a shower? I mean, and what happens if there's a battery in there? It's not waterproof. It's water resistant. You know that, don't you? I know, Nana. So, uh, so anyway, back to this story. So we left St. Louis. I remember we had trouble on the way in and the way out of St. Louis. It was winter time, I think. So a lot of flight trouble and in New York City, you know, we changed flight. You say we went in, you know, we went in out of JFK and then, you know, switched to LaGuardia or something. I remember it was a big hassle getting home. And, I, you know, I was like, oh, boy. But then that might have been the end of my trips for that year. And then the next year came around. For some reason, my roommates, the twin twins, they talked me into, uh, they talked me into, uh, running for office, and I think I probably, you know, delusioned me. I said, well, here's a club I'm a member of, uh, purely to exploit it to go on trips. I know where the United Nations is because it's near where Kervana gets. Some of the stories are set, Turtle Bay, and it's cool-looking building. And I know it's big, big, important, you know, stuff. And that's about it, and... uh I don't know, this is like a model of the United Nations where people do a lot of talking and, and, and setting forth of agenda type stuff. So why don't I run for office, you know, pad my resume so that when I'm on, you know, when I'm in the, uh, you know, international futures market, uh, just like FBLA, I'll probably forget to put on my resume anyway because it'll end in, is ignominy a word? But so it did. So I ran for office. And again, I think my roommates, I don't think they did run for office. So again, they played me. Vengeance was due, of course. And I remember I went to like one or two of the meetings of the board or whatever you call it, the, the officers. And again, this is how bad I think the president, she was a beautiful woman, the same one, or I think. And maybe she, I don't know if she liked me, but maybe she, she was like, hey, you know, you should come clubbing with us or something in the next time. And I said, uh, yeah, you don't want to do that with me. Which probably was smart, but, but who knows? But I just say, geez, I look back, I should have gone and done that. But so then the next big trip came, and it was to Chicago, uh, the great city of Chicago. Maybe my only trip to Chicago, unfortunately, because... And so my roommates that made me run for office said, we're going on the trip. And then this guy, Jay, was going, four of us. I don't know if anybody else went. And like I said, this guy, Jay, he was friendly, but not a friend. And then my roommate said, hey, you know, our best friend, 
uh, lives in, goes to Notre Dame, and Notre Dame happens to play in, like, Ohio State or Michigan that weekend. What do you think we take a train down to French Lick? You can get us tickets to go to the game, you know, real college football, 100,000 people. And as an officer of the club, I said, absolutely. And I said, what do you guys think this is a good idea? They said, of course it's a good idea. Now, meanwhile, and of course, this was, I was already, you know, I said, well, as long as we're going to be partying and uh, I'm down. Now, we were sharing a hotel room with this guy, Jay. We said, we, we said if we had a conference, and I said, well, what should we do about this guy, Jay? And they said, vanish. We'll just vanish. So I think we flew in, checked into the hotel. We ate some deep dish pizza, went to one thing. And then we said, hey, Jay, we're going to get catch some air. We took a train to French Lake, Indiana, stayed the, you know, party that night, got up the next morning, continued the madness at like five in the morning before his football game, went to the football game, and I think we went back to the Chicago after the football game in order to catch our flight. Now, Jay, he wasn't speaking to us by the time we got to the hotel room, and I think I had to share a bed with him. And, you know, he, he rightly so was mad. We should have just told him. But I don't think that would have, he would have tried to talk us out of it, especially he was an officer. I think he was vice president. And then we returned to school. And then this uh, this guy, the other guy, never knew. He caught wind of it. And I was, uh, whatever, I was trying, I, I, uh, I immediately sent out my letter of resignation and rightly so, they looked into uh, making me reimburse the school and, uh, you know, bringing me up in some sort of charge. I don't know, and, and, you know, I don't know, the dereliction of duty. But I said, well, is some, are you going to write me up? Is this going to be a model, uh, you know, that's meaningless? Uh, you know, try me in, I, I literally did say try me in absentee or whatever, absent, where I'm not coming to the, the, the the hearing, and then this guy who never knew stood. You know, he wasn't there, but I, I guess I said I sent somebody as a spy. I said, let me know, and they said, doesn't look good, buddy. Uh, you know, and I said, well, but you know, I'll just ignore. I said, I'll just pretend it in my head. It's already resolved. Problems already. Been, I'm moving on to the next problem. Like Nana says, there's so many problems. And so I, I, I think I threw all the letters that came regarding that. I threw them in the garbage without opening them. I think maybe no letters came. Maybe I, I think maybe I talked. I, I don't know if I was able to talk my way out of it. It probably did something manipulative. I'm, I'm a manipulative, especially at that time, clearly. Uh, so that's the end. And that was, so that was my trip to St. Louis. And that was not as good as the uh, Silvertones. But that's Marley. Maybe we'll meet Marley again. I saw he was going to come on the podcast, but that was the never nude, I guess. Oh, geez. How do you be? I mean, if you're in the chorus, you got to be. Well, maybe that's good for a chorus member, never nude. Because you say, oh, I got my other, you know, I just changing, you know, I'm changing from a peasant to a Cossack or whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, I'll be a revolutionary, you know, but, but, you know, they say, geez, he changes the fastest out of everybody. Somehow he can take one outfit on and put it on under his other outfit without, t- his, he, 
and we say we call them the Russian doll. And I say, well, that's I say, well, that's not appropriate in this context. Um, so that's my tale of. Uh, I mean, I guess this is you know you, truth true time. You guys know what kind of person I'm not. You know. So this again, if you say, "Geez, I wonder if I'm getting any free flavor. I got a lot of free soda out of that. You know, full cans of soda. It is Nana would say, "I got to you know double the double." You know, Klingon, double dose of Klingon shame. And I don't know about that guy, Jay. I think he probably forgave me because I remember we had some, I think, maybe not, though. And then the other guy, I don't know, I should, if I can remember his last name, I'll Google him. I I would bet with about, I'd say 98, he's probably in white-collar prison, 98% certainty that guy's in white-collar prison, maybe medium you know, depending on if he he dealt with whatever issues were, you know, hopefully, but hopefully he's living a purely, you know, neither, you know, neither, this doesn't have to do with us never, Newton, it's just his extreme ideologies. And, you know, I say, well, he seems like, but she's speaking of white collar prison, I should have ended up in like, well, I think maybe I was charged and I had to serve time in the uh, model United Nations jail. And I said, well, I've escaped. So that's your Soda Exploiter podcast guy signing off on behalf of Marley, Eontay, Coke, St. Louis, our buddy Aaron, who, who, who gave me the picture of Marley, the silver tone. Uh, you know, uh, if any kids listening, you know, hopefully you're over 18. So I say, geez. If you learn one lesson from me, maybe join a club that you're interested in. That you're gonna make, you know, you learn from me. Don't join club. Well, this is some, I mean, I got this story. It was, I mean, there were some fun times in there. So I don't know, but yeah, hopefully you're sleeping in. You know, don't follow. You can't say don't follow my bad example. Say I wish I did it differently because I probably. If I was a little bit more of a rapscallion, I could have had a good times with that model United Nations and the few, you know, but I didn't have the, I don't have the confidence. My spirit had been broken, you know, and I said, well, I'm just an introvert. Lie low. Let's try to, you know, manipulate stuff, get some free flights, soda on an airplane. You can't get better than that. All right. Good night.